say the Premier League is impossible to predict, but this podcast is here to help. We're working with InfoGold to take a look at the numbers for each and every one of the Premier League fixtures this season. If you're looking to find value in the markets, data can be the key. Welcome to Premier League Insights. Hello and welcome to the Pinnacle.com Premier League Insights Game Week 32. Before we get going on this week's fixtures, we just want to have a little look at how we did last week because we're with Jake Oscar Thorpe and myself, James Gregg, um, for this week's edition, as we have been for the last three weeks. And Jake, last week, you did all right. You did all right. You picked some good ones. There was one which we didn't quite get, which actually I'm not sure many people have got. We'll come on to that in a moment. But let's just have a quick reel through. We're going to blow our own trumpets a little bit because there was some good picks, wasn't there, on the uh, on the podcast last week? There was, yeah. This thing is the second week in a row where we've not blown our trumpet, but um, actually <laughs> technically have. So, yeah, it started off nice on a Friday night with um, Wolves. We had them plus naught on the Asian handicap, which obviously paid out a nice full winner for us. Um, and then the big game on the uh, on the Sunday was Manchester United versus Spurs, and we were obviously on on side with Manchester United which was a, another really, really big value bet for us, as well as um, the game before that, West Ham, who went off at a ridiculous price and, and, and fairly, we were fairly bullish on West Ham getting a victory over Leicester. So, um, you know, they made a sweat for it yet again, 3-0 up, and then all of a sudden that eat, got, got eaten into that lead, but got over the line quite comfortably. And uh, yeah, there were the three highlights, really, the three standouts. And um, I think the, uh, the only other one we talked about was Burnley Newcastle and the potential for goals in that as well because of the way that Newcastle have been setting up. So yeah, all in all successful week, but like you said, there was there was one result that was just completely out of the blue. It was, wasn't it? And you actually very correctly tipped the both teams to score. You were quite strong on that, weren't you? Backed up with your data at info goal. So that was good. Um what price was that? Can we remember? It was it was a decent price though, wasn't it, that you that you tipped it at? Uh, yeah, it was about 1.85 on Pinnacle, if I remember rightly. Um, so it's a decent enough price. But yeah, the, 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 chance of, uh, the chances that obviously Leeds scored, they only had two chances in the entire game and uh, they equated to a, an XG value of 0.09 combined. So um, <laughs> wow. yeah, Manchester City racked up 2.56 worth of chances based on XG. And we calculate that if we were re-simulating that game a thousand, tens of thousands of times, Leeds would win the match 1% of the time and Manchester City would win the game 90% of the time. Just highlighting how, how unfortunate and how much of a, uh, yeah, an anomaly that result was uh, in what has been so far a very, um, a very interesting Premier League season. But um, yeah, it's just interesting the narrative that's coming off the back of that. The fact that, you know, people talking about how good Leeds were. Well, as a matter of fact, they weren't really very good because they gave up a load of chances and just got a little bit lucky with some poor finishing. <laughs> Um, while also taking their only two chances. So, um, yeah, that, that, that might have had a, an effect on some of the prices this week. I know Leeds play Liverpool on Monday, which is a game we'll touch on. Um, but it'd be interesting to dive into the market and just see what, what has, if that any, has an impact on that. Right. Well, without any further ado, then, let's go through it. When we were going to be looking at Newcastle versus West Ham, is that 
another side that Jesse Lingard is going to put to the sword. We've got Wolves, Sheffield United. Who knows about that one? I think I do. Uh, Leeds, Liverpool, <laughs> like you say. Man United, Burnley, Arsenal, Fulham. And But we're going to start with Everton against Tottenham. And by the way, before we get into the podcast, thank you for listening. Thanks for downloading. Feedback is always welcome. You can get us both on Twitter. James Gregg 7 And what's your Twitter handle, Jake, for our at listeners? At Jacoz with two Zs. Uh, and you can also follow us on at Infogol app. <laughs> Perfect. And also at Pinnacle as well. Just at Pinnacle. Good handle, actually. Well done mm. uh, to the social team who got that way before I started donating for Pinnacle. So I won't take any credit whatsoever. Um, also, whilst if you are listening, you're stationary and you're not in your car or whatever, just have a have a look on, on, on Pinnacle.com and also info goal on the model, because sometimes it'll make it a little bit more clear on what we're talking about with some of our predictions. But we're going to start things off this week on the podcast uh, with Friday's game, Everton versus Tottenham. It kicks off at eight o'clock. And I'm looking at this and uh, Tottenham are the clear favourites for this one um, on Pinnacle, 2.3. How will Spurs react to that Man United defeat? I mean, there's been so much talk of Harry Kane leaving if Champions League football isn't secured. I actually don't think that that will have any bearing on his performance or his professionalism. He's not that sort of guy, Jake, is he? And I think he loves scoring goals. He loves playing for Tottenham. I think actually he does like playing for Jose Mourinho. But then again, he could be Oscar worthy acting if, um, if actually I'm wrong on that. So it's, um, I don't think that's going to affect the way he plays. If he is angling for a move, sometimes you see players more likely to try and score a few goals and really ram it home and put themselves in that shot window. Not that Harry Kane needs to. He is the England captain after all. He does score bucket loads of goals season after season. But how do we think that Spurs are going to react to that Manchester United defeat from, from your end? Yes, I've actually done a, a bit of a deep dive into this game on sportinglife.com, looking at the um, the underlying numbers around the two teams. Because if you remember, at the start of the season, through five matches, Everton were actually top of the Premier League. Um, and through 12 matches, Spurs were top of the Premier League. So they were both at that lofty position at some point in the season. And both appearing to have some, you know, serious ambitions and aspirations, but um, it's all sort of fallen apart as the season's progressed. Um, Tottenham, in particular, six wins from the last nineteen in the Premier League, which is just simply not good enough. And uh, over that time period, they've actually posted a negative expected goal difference, which shows that they're giving up more chances regularly than they are actually creating them. So that's a huge concern. And, and no matter whether you've got Harry Kane up front or um, Acting knew you for anyone who's a Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> fan. If you're not creating the chances at, a, at an elite level, then the, ultimately things are going to regress to, to a mean and a, an expected rate. And that's what we've started to see with Tottenham. They're not creating the chances to, to be put away by the likes of Kane. And, and ultimately when they are getting results, it is through the clinical finishing of the likes of Kane and taking chances that he perhaps shouldn't be in that. And that's the sort of elite level that he's at. And the same with Hyun Min Son, who has, admittedly been injured for a few weeks um, and probably still is injured after that McTominay arm to the face. But um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a fascinating tie this because we've run the numbers from a simulation standpoint and um, ahead of this match, Spurs have got a 26% chance of finishing the top six based on um, all sorts of different variables that we count into this um, and Everton are at 10.8%. So it, they're outsiders in, in, in terms of the top six race. You know what? That actually is incredible, considering that Ancelotti just about two or three weeks ago was getting asked repeatedly. There's a couple of weeks before the international break, repeatedly whether they were going to make the top four. 
So that's 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 harrowing stats if you're an Everton fan, actually. And what catches my eye, Jake, is over two and a half goals. Is it 2.05? Every chance of that happening, both leaky, both like scoring goals. I know Everton didn't manage anything against Brighton last weekend, but I think that looks pretty good. I'm, I'm swaying the opposite direction, um, really? big time. Right. This is yeah, what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Everton there being linked with the top four, but that, that's less than a 1% chance of that happening at the moment, which is sort of shows you the way they've, they've fallen. But like I said, in, in this deep dive, looked at Everton's numbers, and at the start of the season, they were performing at the top four level through five, six matches. But ever since, they've actually been the 17th best team in the league based on expected points. So they are performing at a relegation standard level, which is why you've seen them fall down the table. Um, and ultimately now they're looking up rather than, uh, rather than down. And heading into this match, one thing that has been become very clear is that their attacking creativity has seriously nosedived as the season's progressed. And obviously there's injuries have, have, have take, played a part in that. Um, but I do think there was a key period over the Christmas period, uh, just before it actually, where uh, Ancelotti went from a gung-ho attacking approach, where, which yielded those good results at the start of the season, to a more defensive-minded approach. And he actually reeled off four successive wins against Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal and Sheffield United. And I think with those victories, he probably thought, oh, this is the way forward. When actually it wasn't because most of those victories were actually fortunate based on, um, on the expected goals model. So um, sort of appears as though he's fallen into that trap and they haven't really got out of that ever since. They're always playing our defence first approach, defence first football. Um, and it has led to them, you know, putting some decent defensive stats up, but their attacking numbers have just fallen through the roof. Um, so that's ultimately um, the angle that I'm taking ahead of this game. And, and you know, they, they were undermanned against Brighton. The injury list again was, was uh, pretty cruel to them. But they, um, you know, they hung in there. They, they, they conceded a lot of shots. I think Brighton had 25 or 26 shots, but none of them were from Brighton. It's that XG from Brighton. Yeah, but I was just going to say none of them were of any decent standard. So um, from a defensive standpoint, you would take that all day. Um, No chance over 10% for it, for example. So um, I think they'll do something similar to Spurs. Spurs were, um, I thought, appalling against Manchester United. They just got walked Mm -hmm. all over. And that was a Man United team that had played in Spain as well on Thursday night. Um, So, you know, they can't, you know, there was, the rest wasn't, was on Spurs' side as well. They didn't create anything. And I think it could be a similar story of, of two teams that sort of know that this is last chance saloon for a European spot. Um, and they, they're being very tentative. Um, and we've, we've run the simulations for the outcome of this game as well. A Tottenham win would increase their chances of a top six from 26% to 36%. So um, really, really crucial that they get it. If they don't win, then it drops to about 14%. So <laughs> ultimately it is... It is looking especially with the, the results of Liverpool Chelsea West Ham etc it is looking like um, you know loser goes home effectively in this top six fight outstanding hey great stats and um, if you picked anything up from that well I mean there's lots to go at there's lots to go at and you've, <laughs> you've, you've done a deep dive into that on sportinglife.com yeah that's right yeah um, a real nice lengthy uh, little preview of the game with some really good stats in there and uh, yeah, some eye-catching stuff as well. But um, for this game as a best bet, I'm, I definitely think the unders is, is the way in. Everton, um, they haven't really seen too many goals recently. I think only one of their last six has gone over 2.5 and obviously Spurs has sort of gone the other way with a, a 2-2 draw and a 3-1 in the, in the last few weeks. But um, given Everton's lack of um, you know creativity and attack of late and Spurs' 
struggles as well. I, I think this could be quite a low score and dull Friday night. Similar to what we had last week, actually, with Fulham Wolves. <laughs> Great stuff. That's Friday's game boxed off here on the Premier League Insights podcast. We're going to move on to Saturday now. The early game is Newcastle against West Ham. So we're looking at it. Do you West- mean um, Alan St. Maximan FC? <laughs> yes, you're not wrong because, I mean, since he's come back into the side, it's made a bit of a difference. I'm sure you've got some stats to back that up. In fact, yes, you have. I can see you're <laughs> delighting at the fact that you're going to be chucking a few of those out. Um, I just want to start talking, though, about Jesse Lingard, though, if you don't mind. I mean, West Ham, they were so good for the first hour against Leicester. I think they got a bit nervy. Leicester have always got a comeback in them. They never give up. They set up differently. They've actually got a few different ways of setting up. I noticed that Brendan Rodgers isn't averse to basically changing the way that the whole shape of the team is. And I think that's quite impressive, actually, that he can do that. To say that the squad, the strength and depth isn't actually massive for Leicester, but he, he, he somehow manages to completely change the look of it. And that's why they got back into the game. But that was, that was very interesting. But Jesse Lingard is putting teams to the sword at the moment. Eight goals in his last nine since joining on loan from Manchester United. I'm guessing that he's looking likely to perhaps even nudge a couple more in at the weekend. Well, yeah, he's getting in scoring positions regularly, which is all you really want from an attacking midfielder like Lingard. And He's quite interested. He's only one goal behind the West Ham top scorer for the season at the moment, and he's only joined in January. So shows you the sort of trees that he's pulling up over there at the minute. And, um, you know, he's running a little bit hot. He's got eight goals from an expected goal total of 3.9. So he's been extremely clinical with his chances. But the, the, the main sort of stat that we want to look at is expected goals per 95 minutes. So how many good chances he's getting on regularly? Uh, and that's currently at 0.44, which is, Along the, uh, among the, the top end of the attacking midfielders across the entire Premier League. So he is constantly getting in goal scoring score positions. And when you do that, you're gonna obviously going to score um, quite a few goals. So, yeah, he's been, he's been a really, really shrewd acquisition um, for West Ham in January. He's really given them a different dimension and, and another threat in, a, in an attacking area. Because let's not forget, over the last couple of matches, they've scored hatfuls of goals and they've done that without Antonio. Michael Antonio has been out injured once again. So, um, you know, there's a lot of credit there that, that, that they deserve, but they are showing some defensive weaknesses, which is not something that they were doing at the start of the season. I mean, <laughs> three goals conceded against Arsenal, two at Wolves and, and two against Leicester in some really high scoring matches. Um, and obviously Newcastle are coming into this off the back of a couple of decent performances in the attack themselves. So, I mean, for me, I'm really surprised to see over 2.5 goals as the, as the, it nearly even money uh, for this game. I think that that's a really sensible bet. And if you, if you, you know, if you don't want to take over 2.5, both teams to score appeals greatly because um, it looks as though Newcastle are going to have both St. Maximan and Wilson back fully fit for this. Um, obviously got a massive result last weekend as well. They'll be properly buoyed by that. Put some distance between themselves and Fulham. And yeah, we, we're now giving Newcastle just an 8% chance of being relegated. So it just sort of shows you the sort of swings and, uh, and roundabouts of, of the Premier League with Fulham at one point, chomping a, you know, right on their heels. I think it was the last international break, Fulham were about 11 to 10 to get relegated. So they were actually the outsider of the two. Um, and now it's just completely flipped the other way around. I was going to ask you about that. Newcastle, a four and a half with Pinnacle to get relegated after that victory last weekend with Burnley. I, that's, that's actually not looking fantastic value, is it? I mean, <laughs> you know, because it's... They, they, they just do not look likely at all to get relegated. I mean, 
Steve Bruce, I said this, I think a couple of weeks ago, he's got this ability to know the importance of certain games. And, and I think he's been unlucky with injuries in some respects throughout the season, but he's also been really timely when play, big players have returned, a bit like ASM. Um, West Ham are three, bang on, to claim a top four spot, fourth favourite. How were Info Goal? I'm really interested just to see how Info Goal have got that. I mean, because even up to last week, we weren't we weren't saying that they were really going to do it, were we? So, how much has that changed after last week's fixture over Leicester? Yeah, it, their their chance of a top four finish has, has massively improved after that. Not only because yeah. they got you know beat Leicester, who were on paper one of the toughest, most toughest opposition they had left to play, but it's also the fact that they closed the gap on Leicester, which brings them back into play for the rest. So, rather than you know if they'd have lost that game, then it would have been West Ham, Chelsea, Liverpool after one spot. Because they've beaten Leicester, it almost looks like there's two spots opening up. So we've actually seen Leicester, their percentage chance of a top four has massively drift. They're about 89% a couple of weeks ago, now into 57% on our model. So you are starting to see cracks that Leicester are, in inverted commas, bottling it once again. Um, and West Ham are now up to 36.7%, which, as you said there, the price about them uh, for a top four finish on Pinnacles at three, the 36.7% equates to odds of around 2.7. So you are getting value if you want wanting to back West Ham finish in the top four and the way in which they're playing it's really hard to argue against um, you know the, the underlying process has been that of a top six top four team all season long so they're, they're not in a false position at all we're not going to see regression to the mean hit and then drop down the table at the, at the very end so they are they are you know looking very very strong for a top six finish that's an 84% chance so um, yeah smashing season for them and I, I do think this is going to be a tough game for them though I think Newcastle have improved quite a bit just because of the, you know, the players return from injury. I mean, everyone was exactly. saying it was all doom and gloom, but they're forgetting that two, their two best players, attacking players in particular, had been out injured. And as soon as they were coming back, things were going to change because they, it would allow them to play in a different manner, play more on the front foot and get the best out of, um, out of what they've got. And, and that's what they've shown. They were really good against Spurs. I think we spoke about it last week, racked up nearly four expected goals. Um, and against Burnley, while they did give up a few good chances, they also, created plenty of themselves. And, um, you know, Alan St. Maximan came on in the 57th minute, had an assist and then a goal, which is, um, you know, not a bad reintroduction, is it? No, not bad at all. And um, I tell you what, I'm going to go a bit gung-ho. I'm going to go a bit Carlo, what Carlo Ancelotti should be doing, by the way. Um, I'm <laughs> going to go over four and a half goals in this game. It's 7.740 with Pinnacle. I'm going that but on the on the basis that actually Newcastle's uh, star players or attacking star players are back in the side and West Ham are so free scoring. So uh, I think that game is tied off for us here. On <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go as, as gung-ho as you. I'm going to take a much more cautious approach and just, just go for the 2.5 line. But nice. yeah, given what West Ham have done recently, over 4.5 definitely looks like it could be in play. I mean, Newcastle nearly got there against Tottenham as well. That was a four goals. So yeah, I, I think that price... I mean, just looking at what the model's suggesting, you, you are getting a smidgen of value based on what the model's suggesting. So, yeah, I mean, don't put your house on it, but a couple of quid. Yeah, perfect. Hey, and um, you can get that on pinnacle.com. All the odds are on there based on what you've just heard about the Saturday lunchtime game. Now, after that, we've got FA Cup semi-final action. We're not going to talk about that here because it is the Premier League Insights podcast, funnily enough. But at Molyneux at quarter past eight, a snooze fest. Um, <laughs> Between Wolves and Sheffield United, Wolves to win, obviously they are favourites. 
Blades have only won four games all season. They're at six and a half to win the match. Um, Pedro Neto is out for the rest of the season with a knee injury for Wolves. I'm not sure how much bearing that is going to have on this game because I think the Blades are there for the taking. Bereft of confidence, bereft of anything really going forward, just looks so inept against an, an Arsenal side who'd looked inept themselves the week before. So uh, the weekend just gone. So anything that catches your eye, we won't dwell too much on this because I doubt that there's that many people going to be paying too much attention to this game. But if there's anything yeah. that leaps out of you, Jake, um, just let us know because I, I think it's always the games like this, these quiet games that actually sometimes offer something, don't they? They offer a little nugget where there's an opportunity to win a bit of money. So um, what have you got? Yeah, this is not exactly the the neutrals' dream, is it, for a late game? But um, <laughs> yeah, I think from a value perspective, I'd be trying to, I'd be looking at the goal lines and seeing, um, see, probably looking at the over goal lines actually, because I think that while the you know the the, the stigma around both these teams is the quite low scoring, um, this is a free hit for Wolves effectively, and Sheffield United have been playing free hits for for weeks now, and and we've seen them rack up a few big score lines with you know five 0 defeats to Leicester, two one at Leeds, three 0 at Arsenal. Um, and we know that Wolves have been trying to tinker with a new system, trying to play on the front foot a little bit more. Um, we saw that again last Friday. While it didn't come to fruition, it was a very strong attacking lineup, attacking-minded lineup before Pedro Neto got injured. Uh, so yeah, I'd be, I would be looking at the goal line, and, and I think Nuno will see this as a chance to open the taps and, and really have a have a have a good go from an attacking standpoint and try and create plenty of good chances and, and put Sheffield United to the sword. So. Um, on Pinnacle, you're getting two and a quarter goals at um, over two and a quarter goals at two point one two. Now that means that if if there are exactly two goals, then you get a little bit of money, and if there's two and a half goals, you get a little bit of money as well. So um, that's that's where I would be looking, um, depending on what the price is on two. Actually, yeah, actually scratch that. I'm going for over two. I'm going to play a little bit safer than that. Over two at one point seven eight, um, which means if there's exactly two goals, you get your money back, and if there's a three goals, then you, you get a full payout. So um, that, that, that's the way I'm looking at this. I, I don't see any value whatsoever in the 1x2 market. And, uh, walls are short enough given that they've not won that many games this season. Obviously, right. Sheffield United look completely bereft of ideas at the moment. Shocking and really bad at the back. Shot on confidence. I think a lot of the players who are kind of out of contract and stuff at Sheffield United are just kind of coasting towards the end of the season and just, you know, get it over and done with, which is not great. There's just no bounce there at all. I tell you what, we're going to move on. Um, Having said that, there was a nice start to the weekend for us here on the Pimple Premier League Insights. I received a text off yourself on Friday. You said cracking start to the weekend with that late Wolves goal. So uh, Wolves are a favourite side of yours because Fulham, um, we've been looking at Fulham. And Fulham is the next game we're going to talk about, by the way. Arsenal is are the opponents at the Emirates at half past one on Sunday. They've got to be down now, haven't they? Surely. And, um, you know, I, we, we were talking, you were taking the mickey out of me the other week because I was saying, oh, I'm part of the the, the Fulham. Um, oh, don't they look good, Brigade? And you weren't <laughs> having any of it. You were not having any of it. And actually, you were completely correct because it was just a soft, weak, kind of limp way to end the game against Wolves on Friday night, wasn't it? And they are just, it's just a performance after performance like that, where they show a bit of promise and they've got a bit going forward, but actually, ultimately, it counts for nothing. So Arsenal against Fulham. Fulham are at 5.05 to win the game. Arsenal clear favourites on Pinnacle.com at 1.75. Arsenal won 3-0 in the reverse fixture at Craven Cottage. 
Um, da- defended Gabriel with a uh, with a goal in that one, a debut goal. What have you got this time around? I can't see anything other than an Arsenal win, particularly off that bounce from the weekend as well. A nice, comfortable 3-0 win over Sheffield United, like we just discussed. So anything that leaps out at you, surely it's got to be a, an over an, an over 2.5 goals or something like that. That's got to be the most eye-catching if Arsenal are going to be firing on all cylinders. Um, I'm quite surprised to see Arsenal priced at 8-11, to 11, to be honest, at one point. Seven six. That looks quite big to me um, initially. Yeah, just just looking at some of their recent matches. I mean, they, they went off at just two to one against Liverpool, mm-hmm. which is um, you know fairly fairly short price for Arsenal against Liverpool. Um, and Fulham in in their away match at Liverpool, they went off at thirteen to two, and they went off at sixteen to five against Tottenham. So bigger than the current price that you're getting at the moment um, mm-hmm. for Fulham. So I think that obviously Arsenal aren't as good as those teams, but. It does seem as though there is still quite a bit of love for for Fulham, uh, which is very strange given the um, you know the predicament they find themselves in, six points from safety with having played a game more. Um, and Arsenal just simply swatted Sheffield United aside with with consummate ease last weekend, having rotated the squad a little bit after the Europa League as well, which is probably something that will happen again in this match. So, um, yeah, I don't really say this very often, but I'm going to get on side with Arsenal. Uh and it, listeners of this podcast over the last year or two would probably know that, that we do tend to, or anyway, the market does tend to rate Arsenal higher than, than what the XG model suggests. This case is, um, is the other way around. I think that the model, uh, the market hasn't really, uh, are probably given a bit too much respect to Fulham. So um, yeah, that price for Arsenal to win of around 1.76 has appealed to me. And uh, there's a, a few reasons for that, obviously. Fulham being, um, you know, poor, bereft of ideas, especially in attack, they've really lacked some creative edge um, recently, and they've been very easy to play against for for their recent opponent. Um, and Arsenal, they have looked really, really strong um, in in recent matches, except for that Liverpool game, which was just a very, very strange sort of um, yeah performance before Euro- Europa League game, which might be something to do with it, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have a little bit of money on Arsenal to win the game, and nothing to nothing else really appeals on the goal line front. Um, Fulham do tend to be low scoring, so I won't put anyone off backing unders. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that Arsenal could be a bit of a value bet there. I like the sound of that. I do like the sound of that. Uh, Manchester United against Burnley is the four o'clock kickoff, and as we record this podcast, actually, it's before we've actually talked about anything to do with the Champions League. Well, we don't know what's happening in the Champions League beyond. Chelsea qualifying for the last four. So we don't know how City have got on. We don't know if Liverpool have had a miraculous comeback. And also we don't know what's happened midweek in the Europa League as we record this. So that could have some bearing on this game um, at four o'clock on Sunday, like I said. Burnley out at ten and a half, pretty much, on Pinnacle.com. Manchester United, 1.3. I mean, if they've put everything out on the pitch on Thursday in their Europa League second leg. What do you think, Jake? Burnley look good value there, don't they? Uh, th- there is a bit of value in getting Burnley on side if, if you so choose, but um, I would probably not advise it. I think if you were to do that, I would, I would definitely look at handicap markets and try and get a, uh, maybe a couple of goal head start. You get plus one and a half at 1.8. So that means that Burnley lose by one goal. Um, you get a winner. Any more than that is a loser. I wouldn't put anyone off backing that because at the end of the day, this Manchester United team, they've been sort of 
not scraping by, but they've not been blowing teams out. They've not been winning comfortably week in, week out. Um, so if, if you were wanting to, to you know, have a bet in, in the 1x2 or Asian handicap market on that side, I definitely would would advise the one plus one and a half for Burnley because they've not been blown out often themselves this season. Um, but for me, I'm going to be looking at both teams to score, uh, which is uh, odds against, which is a bit of a surprise. Mm. Um, Manchester United, obviously, they, they you know, their, their defence hasn't been bad this season. It's, it's been probably one of the best um, assets of their um, side. But recently they have shown a few vulnerabilities, conceding um, good chances to the likes of West Ham, obviously Leicester put three past them in the cup. Um, Brighton created 1.6 XG at Old Trafford and Burnley themselves are in a bit of a uh, rich vein of scoring. They've, they've scored in all the last five matches, um, including two at Everton, two at Southampton and, uh, and one against both Leicester and Arsenal and Newcastle. So um, they're, they're coming to this quite hot in terms of creating the chances are Burnley. Um, and like you said, Manchester United, they'll be playing the Europa League. They've got a comfortable lead, um, 2-0 with the away goals. There could be a rotation, um, but I do think that there's, um, that both teams to score does look quite, quite tasty. And if you want in a bigger priced bet, then uh, Man United to win and both teams to score looks, uh, looks the way in. But let's not forget that last season, Burnley went to United and actually beat them 2-0. So, mm. um, you know, that, that handicap bet might be, you know, the more and more I'm looking at this, the more I'm getting intrigued by that plus one and a half. I know that this is a really stupid question to ask, but I'm going to try and make it sound like I'm asking how close, how close can United get to Man City? They're obviously not going to throw away the Premier League title, Pep Guardiola's side. I think they only need, is it six or seven points now? Um, but, but look, Manchester United are 11 points behind in the table. City in FA Cup action at the weekend. A win here gets them within eight. How close can they get? Bear in mind, City have got Champions League to look forward to. They're also trying to win the FA Cup. How close? Come on, how close? Um, I think if they did get close, I wouldn't read too much into it personally. <laughs> because, like you said, Man City have got so many spinning plates at the minute that um, dropping the odd result here and there wouldn't be a surprise, but I, I think they'll get over the line. Um, you know, it's, it's been a definite improvement year for Manchester United, but I don't think that there's been as much improvement as people might think, <clears throat> especially from an underlying numbers standpoint, because, you know, the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool have actually got a better XG process than Manchester United this season. So uh, there's still a long way to go for um, for United, the, the thing that they, they've got going for them at the minute is they've been very tough to beat. I think they've only lost once in the last twenty odd Premier League matches. So um, that that's you know if you do that, you're going to finish top four with you know relative ease, season in season out. But we we are giving them just a 0.1 percent chance of winning the title with um, City at 99.9 percent, and that's only because you can't say that it's certain just yet. Yeah. You can't say it's a hundred percent because exactly, exactly anything you know the strength. I would say stranger things have happened, but actually they haven't in this, if this was to be the case, but um, yeah, it, it's been, a, it's been a, an interesting season to follow United, some highs and lows, but um, you know, trending in a relatively positive direction, I'd say. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Monday now where it's Leeds against Liverpool at eight o'clock. That's going to be the Monday night football game. Liverpool heavy favourites for the game. The reverse fixture was 4-3 to Liverpool. It was actually the first game that I watched of the Premier League season on the TV. And over five and a half goals is out at seven and a half. 
Is that ridiculous? Because I don't think it is. I mean, Leeds are free flowing and free scoring. Liverpool, as we know, we've been talking about it and it'd be so bored for me to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've just been awful at the back due to the injuries that they've had. Leeds are coming off that bounce. They've beaten Manchester City. Champions elect Manchester City. And look, I know that you run through the stats and their XG leads in that game was not particularly high. The chances they created, but Liverpool aren't Man City. Is there a little bit of potential? I'm not saying over 5.5 goals. You may have spotted a pattern, by the way, on this podcast. I love going ridiculous. <laughs> Is there some value, some merit in a lot of goals in this one? Yeah, yeah I could see, I could see like a few goals. Um, I think the, you know, you, you, you said it there, Liverpool's def- defence is, um, on paper anyway, it's been fairly poor. But if you dig a little bit deeper, it's not actually been that bad. Um, I did some some digging a couple of, well, about a month ago, looking at Liverpool's uh, defensive data. And their expected goals against per game was actually lower without or after the Van Dijk injury than uh, than before it this season. So um, they've basically just been a little bit unfortunate with with some clinical finishing. Um, Alisson's been at fault for a few goals as well, which hasn't yeah. helped. Uh, the main issue they'd had up to recent matches in particular had been creating the chances. It had been the forward areas that they'd been really struggling. So, um, you know, that that seems to have sorted itself out a little bit. We're starting to see them create a few more chances or better chances regularly, but still few and far between, really. There's no consistency to it. They, you know, they racked up plenty against Arsenal and then went to Real Madrid and and really struggled to do anything in, from an attacking standpoint. And then the same against Aston Villa with, um, you know, requiring a very, very late goal to to get the win. So, um, yeah, I think that, that there should be goals in this. There should be because Leeds, you know, we, we one thing that we like about Leeds is that they don't change their approach for anybody. They mm. play in that same way. You know, they play on the front foot. They play in the high press. Um, and ultimately that led to a really entertaining game on the opening day of the season. But yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to find a bet for this, if I'm honest. Both teams, the score is where I initially looked, but it was a little bit too short. I'm um, looking around 1.5 for that. So, um, you know, I'm turning to the handicap again and, and Liverpool, again, very rarely blow teams out this season. So I'm, I'm looking at Leeds plus one at 1.74 um, because I do think Leeds could get a result against Liverpool. So uh, what we're doing with the plus one on the Asian handicap is basically covering ourselves. If Leeds lose by one goal, we get our money back. If Leeds win the game, we get a full win. Uh, and if Leeds draw the game, we also get a full win. So it's similar to the draw no bet, but you get that extra leeway of, of the the, the plus one um, comes in, uh, the, the, yeah, losing by one goal, you get your money back. So yeah, that, that's, that's the way I, I see this. I think you know, Leeds are comfortable mid-table, aren't they? I mean, I looked at the simulations and we have got them as a 1% chance of finishing the top six. So there is a chance that, you know, that dumb and dumber meme that's going around, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, a very, very slim one, um, albeit. But yeah, should be a cracking game, that one. I'm looking forward to it. And um you know, depending on what happens in the Champions League, that's this is it, isn't a, it? This is uh, it. It should, yeah, it could dictate what Liverpool do in the in this match in particular because, um, you know, uh, Champions League comes first for Liverpool. Um, and but then, if, but then again, you've got to think if 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 they're out of the Champions League, they've got to really, they've got to keep pushing on Liverpool for a top four finish. Otherwise, exactly, yeah. You know, Champions League so important to Liverpool, they might not even be in it next year if you're not careful. So exactly. it's, um, it's a really weird situation for Liverpool to find themselves in, actually, because there's a good chance that they're going to go out of the Champions League this week. I mean, look, when this podcast goes out, we might have seen a famous Anfield night, Jake. <laughs> you know, they might be on the, back, they might be on the, on the march 
to European glory once again. Who knows? Who knows? We, we, we can't speculate too much on that. Um, before we wrap up, any more picks of the weekend that we've missed out from Info Gold, Jake? Any n- notable markets that you want to tap into? Um, not really. I mean, the only one that springs to mind is, is maybe looking at the, the shot lines um, for in the Newcastle v West Ham game, just to see if you get a decent price, about 12 plus Newcastle shots. That's something I'd be interested in because they are a team that have been quite high volume recently in, in terms of shots. So that's a bit of a niche angle that, um, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, apart from that, I think that we've covered everything off pretty well. Love it. Well, just remember, you can have a listen back and see how successful we've been. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. It's a previous podcast, but um, yeah, good luck. If you are having a punt this weekend on some of these games, uh, let us know how you get on. And uh, if you want to have a check of Info Goals model, if you're thinking, what the heck is all this about? And this is one of the first podcasts that you've listened to. Just head to 3 W's Info Goal dot net info goal dot net um it's i-n-f-o-g-o-l info goal dot net and um, you can also follow us on twitter at pinnacle just at pinnacle and pinnacle.com as well and thanks to jake we'll talk again next week um and see how successful some of your picks have been and uh, see if any of my ridiculous amounts <laughs> of goal bets have gone as well um, but seriously, I hope you have a good weekend and uh, remember to gamble responsibly. Thanks for listening.